0: We have been on a series and it's titled what? We have been on a series and it's titled titled "Educos." We've been looking at the exegesis in the book of, from the book of Romans. We've been looking at at Raising Super Intelligent Believers from the book of Romans. And this is a third part of Educals. Hallelujah. Alright, last week and two weeks ago we laid A very strong foundation. Um, We said several things. We talked about how the book flowed. We talked about the author of the book. We talked about the theme of the book. We talked about the audience of the book. We talked about the writer of the book. We talked about the duration of the writings of the book. And we also talked about the fact that there are certain things that the believer must know before the believer begins to study a place in the Bible. The believer must understand certain things, about six or seven of them. The first one is that? Eh? The believer must understand the author and the perspective of the author. Who is writing the book? Okay, Paul. You must know who is writing the book and you must understand the perspective of the author, know where the author is coming from and know where the author is going to. Number two is what? You must also understand the timing of the book. When was the book written? If you are going to bring the book to the present understand the timing and understand how the book connects with the present the book was written between 58 and eh? 58 and 60 years after the death of jesus number three you must understand what is the purpose of the book number four the audience of the book who was the book written to who was he writing to? If, if he was writing to a, to a Jewish church, he would refer a lot to the law of Moses. If he was writing to, to a Gentile church, he would refer more to life. For example, the book of Hebrews was written to the Jewish people, and then you will see the law mentioned several times. We see the word covenant, testament, blood, atonement, Sacrifices mentioned certain things because because they understood the writings of Moses. For example, if someone is writing to to the Galatia church, the Galatia church is a Jewish church. That's why Paul said in Galatians chapter chapter is it chapter two or chapter three now verse one he said he said he said Oh foolish Galatians, the has bewitched you that that you that saw how Christ was crucified and you are now doubting the efficacy of Christ. So, those who saw how he was crucified were people that were Jews. Am I right? But the Ephesian church happened to be a Gentile church. We, uh, we established the fact that if the church is not from Israel or in Israel, the church is a Gentile church. The Israelites sees other races or other tribes as out of God's agenda. So, they call every one of us Gentiles. So you must understand the audience of the book number five the theme of the book and we say that in this case we have about 10 themes in the book of romans all right beautiful you must understand the pretext and the protest to understand the context so if someone says something to you from the bible for example philippians chapter 2 verse 12 he says walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling and the person starts giving you problems. problem you are not working out your salvation. This salvation is a personal work. You must work it out. You have work to do. You must leave God on the side. You must work it out. No. No. That is not the end of it. You see, after saying that, there is actually a semicolon at the end of that verse of the Bible. Because the Bible was not originally written in verses and chapters. It was written as a book. So for easy comprehension and easy referencing, they segmented it into chapters and then into verses. So, you see this here, and you are reading the Bible, you mustn't stop here. You cannot stop here. You should stop at the full stop. I subscribe to the fact that even if you want to read the Bible in a hobby, read in paragraphs, not even in verses. Read in paragraphs. If you don't get that paragraph, don't assume anything. Go back to the former paragraph. If you don't get that one again, go back to the former, former paragraph until you get it. It's not... It's not The Bible is not running away, it's not an obvious thing. Happy now? Why should you just assume by reading a face and then this is what the Bible is saying? No, 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 don't assume. Understand, comprehend it. You do not assume when you are reading CHM 205. You don't assume, you want to understand when you are reading. I I am not assuming. I am not assuming. If I'm reading a particular part and I'm not getting it, I go back to the previous words that 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 were written. So I, I get to understand the pretext. To get the pretext, to get the context, and that is how we all passed in school. That is how you become a professional. That is how you become you become a doctor, you become a lawyer, you become a pilot, and that is at the same way you become a Christian. It's not different. It's not different. So you must understand the pretext and the context behind every every content. And with that, you are an intelligent believer. All through last week and two weeks ago, we've only been able to look at 17 verses of the Bible. And um, the, f- the first sub-theme titled, Introducing the Gospel. But the gospel has been introduced to us. We saw that the gospel is the power of God to save the world from sin. The gospel is not God is against you. The gospel is not God is angry with you. The gospel is not God will kill you. The gospel is not you are a sinner. The gospel is not sinners in the hand of an angry God. The gospel is not repent and all of that. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. In the gospel, God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. Hallelujah. The gospel is God is no longer counting your sins against you. We saw that in Second Corinthians five, verse, verse is it nineteen or twenty now that God is no longer imputing your sins against you. Your sins. They've been imputed on Christ. So now, you can appear before God without any sense of guilt, without any sense of shame. You can appear before God as a son appeared before his father and you, can t- and you can tell God, God, I love you. You don't have to go and take your bath before talking to God. You don't have to go and take your bath before writing Jehovah. You don't have to do a anymore. You can talk to God one-on-one because someone said amen to Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's move on. Let's move forward today. We are looking at this the second sub team, if possible the third sub team, and if possible the fourth sub team. this pastor, I know you you will take time and explain. I would, but let's see if we can move further today. but well, let's look at the second sub team first. The second sub team starts from Romans chapter 1 verse 18 and then we take it further to the last verse in the book of Romans chapter 1 last verse 32. And the second sub team is titled Man's Choices and God's Action. The choice of men and the actions of god please do not forget this if you forget anything do not forget this that the for you to understand the book of romans there is something called the book flow how did the book flow the book flowed like a story of slavery to freedom am i are we together i i I gave you an analogy that the the closest to this is like nike advert right Nike advert will start from when the person was 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 hungry and in want and in pain and when the person got the solution and when the person became a giant from dwarf to normal to giants. That's how Nike advert are. And that is the same way the book of Romans was written. So if you if you if you as a believer just read a chapter in the book of Romans or two verses and I, this is what the Bible says, you know, eh? The way of sin is that oh, and all of that, you 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 will miss it entirely. You must lay it line upon line precept upon precept a little here a little there hallelujah so we must understand that the book is a flow now another thing you must understand at this point is this Romans chapter 1 verse 1 to 17 18 does not continue it verse 18 does not continue 1 verse 1 to 17 pastor what are you talking about now, how many of you have watched movies that they show the end from the beginning? Alright. How many of you have watched movies and they show the middle from the beginning? Middle from the beginning. How many of you have seen movies and they just show one part from the beginning? It's not even end. It's not even middle. It's not even, it's not even, it's not even the beginning. They just show one part from the beginning. To tell you what they are talking about. So the book of Romans, Started from chapter, uh, 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 chapter 1 verse 1 to 17, and this was only talking about the entirety of the book of Romans, which is the gospel. So, verse 18 now starts. Now, go to verse 17, you will see that 18 does not continue 17. 17, can we read together everybody? Everybody wants to go. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now, do you think that this one continues, verse 17? No. This is the beginning of the book of Romans. The wrath of God is revealed for. Let me just stay here, for a while. Maybe I stay here for a while. Maybe I will cover a lot. The wrath of God... Is revealed from heaven against hey, what? And now let me ask you a question: Is the wrath of God revealed from heaven at this moment in time? Thank you very much. So this is a reference to what was happening in the past. I know you pastor are, but knowing English like this is, if you are writing a story, you can start like this. You can you can you can make the past present because you are on a story. You are on a journey. So the wrath of God. Is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Here the word ungodliness, you, you, please pay attention very carefully please. The word ungodliness here means now, if we say that godliness, that is focusing on the, on the presence of God, right? Godliness, right? If we say ungodliness, that is Showing no respect to the person of God. That is saying that, put God one side, maybe we'll do our day. Don't that kind of thing now? Put God one side, maybe we'll do our day. So ungodliness is the denial of the person of God. Ungodliness is denying God in doing certain things. I know there are things that we do every day and we just forget about God. That God is not involved, involved in this. Forget about God in all of these things. As a matter of fact, the word ungodliness here, the nearest word in it meaning or synonym is called wickedness. So every time, every time you neglect God in a thing, the Bible says that you are being wicked. Every time you throw God in the bin, you throw and say God, you are not needed in this equation. You are you are showing wickedness. Some guys embark on a trip, and then these guys were rascals, and then. Their mom told them, he said, may God be with you, may God go with you. He said, let God stay in the boot. They were crates of eggs in the boot. Crates of eggs in the boot. They embarked on the journey. Had an auto ghastly accident. Very brutal, very fatal accident. Some of them died. Some sustained several injuries. They checked the boot. They saw all the eggs intact. Because God was was with the eggs. They put God in the boot with the eggs. So God kept the eggs. True life story. The wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness. What is unrighteousness? It is denying the right way of doing things. It's translated injustice. Moral wrongfulness of character, iniquity, unjust behaviors. So it says that the wrath of God, please will give me amplified version, is revealed from, God, from heaven against all ungodliness and all ungodliness of men who suppress the truth. Now look at the word suppress the truth now. It says, who in their wickedness repress and hinder the truth and make the truth inoperative. So, every time you show ungodliness, every time you show righteousness, you are putting the truth in the being. You are making the truth inoperative. How does a believer operate? The believer operates part-time. Hear this, please. The believer operates part-time by putting God in his thoughts. By putting God in his decision. By putting God in his action. Say with me, say, I retain God. I know you will not say it loudly. I know. I know. We are preaching together. It's, you see, in church, it's a, it's a two-way thing. How do I know you are hearing me? It's your responses when I ask you to give it. How do I know your, your mind is not somewhere else? It's by that. And I'm not demanding too much from you. So, we say, I retain God. I didn't hear you well. So I retain God. In my thoughts, I retain God In my decision, I retain God in my actions. Verse 19. It says, go back to New King James, verse 19. It says, for because what was made known, what what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. Verse 20, please. For since the creation of the world is invincible attributes are clearly seen. So if people say that the reason why I'm not doing it in the godly way is because, it's because I don't understand this God thing. The Bible is saying that nobody has an excuse because of the fact that, it says, from the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that what? So that they are without excuse, so that you and I are without excuse. Even the people that are not born again, they call God, oh, Lord you marry, and different kind of names. God's invincible attributes are seen by his visible attributes. If you look up and see the skies, you know that there is no scientist that did that. Except we don't have a sense. When you put when you put a seed on the ground and the seed germinate and bring forth fruit for you you know that there is something behind it beyond the laws that you have been taught in school. You know that when you see the mountains, when you see the sea, I don't know if have been to the beach before. When you see the beach, when you see the rivers, you know that it was not a man-orchestrated agenda. There must have been a hand behind this. So God's invincible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by what? By what? Look at the screen. you This is easy now. Look at the screen. Look at the screen. God's invisible attribute are understood by what? That's what I'm explaining to you. I don't want to rush. I want you to get it. I do you know you're getting it. By your responses. So they call him Oba Tauri tanri is sure way. he is invincible but his acts are clearly seen and invisible so that mine are without excuse verse one now let me ask a question do you think that god god wants to be invisible to all of us want to be invisible to you all i want you just to be invisible. i don't want you to see me what do you think It's not that God wants to be invincible. It is that God is invincible. It's not that I don't want to walk, I don't want to behave like a girl. It's that I'm a boy. It's not that God wants to be invincible. The naturality of God is is, his invisibility. And that you must understand. So, so God at the point was like, "Let, let, let me, let me, let me go and save them. And then he had to come as a man. So, you you see it now. So, what am I saying? God, God, hey, hey, please hear this. God is limited in the realm of the visible because he is invincible. Can God move this chair? No, God cannot move this chair. Pastor, how? God will need a man to move this chair. Because God is invincible. If an invisible creature wants to move like this, it will move like this without impeding or impacting on this chair. It can move across you. If a visible one wants to move to the back, it will look for spaces because it is limited by the physical. Also, an invisible creature is also living in the physical. That is why God came in human flesh. God did not die for us as a spirit. He died for us in flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, now, God want to bless Pastor Joshua with a car. So, God will come and come and meet you. I am God. Take a car. Is that how God does it? Eh? So God will meet Apostle, speak to Apostle, walk through Apostle, and give him a car. Are you getting it now? So God operates in the earth space through humans. Can the devil move this chair? No. That is why they say that so people are possessed by evil spirits. They must possess somebody to operate through that person. In the same vein, God must possess a person to operate through that person. I am possessed by God. Because although they knew God, now we are entering into, into Romans now, they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts. So every man knows God, as in basic knowledge, that God exists. But they were foolish in their thought and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise. They became fools. Don't, don't forget the word fools. They became fools. Don't forget the word fools. They became fools. They became fools. They became fools. Now, verse twenty-three. 3 they became fools. How did they operate as fools? They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like what? Corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. 24? Now, wait now. They changed the image of God. They know that there is a God somewhere. And but the but the issue is is men are limited by their senses. Senses in what? Six senses or five senses now? five senses now. Five senses by their hearing, by their sins, by their perceiving. I mean I mean their their feelings, by their scenes, by their sight, by their by their taste. So they want to relate to something that they can hold on to. And it's not only either worshippers. So I am not for either worshippers today. Let's talk about the believers. A believer wants to be blessed, right? And so the believer says, and, and, and someone tells the believer that hey, 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 you want to be blessed, Um, let's do some some stuffs. One of us called me last week and said that the mother wasn't feeling fine, and then they told the mother to to bring um. Certain things, and the Bible told you able to be a pastor to bring, um, I can't remember those things, but things like duck, so they can use those things to take away. So, there are believers that believe in these things because human beings have been made to always relate to what they can hold on to what they can see what they can touch anointing oil for example anointing oil for example mantu lankachi for example you don't go example just take the mantle, put it on your face the Exam, you will be fine jesus name you take the mantu put it on your put it on your, your very well. But uh, we have seen people anoint application letter. Ah ah what level of wisdom is this? Anoint their C V. Take anointing hoy, pour on the C V, put it, go to submit. that is abalism, Babalago. Now get me right, is anointing only wrong? No. It is not wrong. Except you make it your God. Oh, I cannot go out without the anointing. That's wrong. In the Bible, they said that, that, that they took aprons from the body of, was it Paul or Peter now? Peter, and they put it on the sick and the sick were healed. The anointing can conduct like electricity. The shadow of Paul was healing people. But those are not the real things. The real thing is in you. It's the Holy Ghost. That's not the real thing. It means that even your fingers carry the Spirit of God. That's what it means. It is not that you now start looking for pastors to give you um, 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 uh, anointing oil to apply on your on your intestine and your your kidney and on your on your esophagus. No, no. That's not it. If you want to bless anything, anointing must be there. Anointing must be there. Listen to me. There is no power in the anointing oil. Different from the power. In fact, there's no power in the anointing oil compared to the power at work in you. Did you hear me? The anointing oil called Goya is not different from Aburo, Ororo. As a measured granite oil. It is not different. Maybe in quality. Physical quality. No spiritual quality. No spiritual virtue. I can put the same power inside. You see, I've seen believers open Bible and put water down and read Psalms into water. Like the enter into a house and like yeah, yeah, bring money out, speak to the money. People do it in church. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. For without faith, it is impossible to please God walk by faith? walk by faith? By the anointing, Jesus will be like, look, that, that anointing way. By that, only, 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 only anointing way. This is that God mysteriously packaged in the bottle. ah, 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 ah. ah. The, the, the pastor, there must be a contact, point of contact. What is point of contact? Our time must be different. Our parents carries they carry pictures to church. And Pastor just pray, you just bring <laughs> the pictures out. They put it up like this. I'm not against them. If that is what they love, they should take it and be using it. <laughs> my picture is my mother. She should go and do it very well. But excuse me, you should not do that. You should not do that, you should know better them up praise based on what they know but you you should be an intelligent you should, no you should be a more intelligent believer same way they take pictures of balao yeah where is this where is the child uh, Baba? some of you even write names don't forget the kings of write five names of different boys you pray on it and tell you the one that is is your husband Hey, Pastor, I want to see you. Hey, hey, what happened? Three guys, are, three guys are in my life. Wait, wait. Did you say yes to three guys and they are dating them? Or they are asking you out? Five guys in your life. Only you. Hey, it's not as if I said yes to them, but they should take me out. Ah, sister of God. Sister of God. So, start praying on the five guys. One is Sunday. Second one is Wale. Third one is Dotun, Fourth one is an You find 41 is a white guy. It's Charles. What's that praying? Now come to you. Say, if you marry Charles, you have a problem. If you marry Tunde, he might die young. You see that one? He will beat you. Will beat you see Dotun? This Dotton? here. That is what, that is what he has written about him since this one. It's great, oh, but this one, he must go and meet his mother and tell his mother what the mother did when he was, he was about to be born. If you don't take that one away, don't marry him. But you see, ah, he has a bright future, very bright future. But there's one thing, only one thing, only one thing, he can marry two wives. There is no one that you will marry that you will not have problems. Let me tell you now. Let me give you a say, There is no one you will marry that you will not have issues. Nobody. Nobody. Even your, your younger one, your, your elder one, you have an issue in the same house that they gave birth to you in the same house. Bottom in the same house. Some of you don't even like your your, your younger brother, or your, 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 your elder sister. And then you want to marry somebody from somewhere else. And then things will just work like that. No, it doesn't work like that. So people often look at, they look up to what they can hold on to, what they can touch, what they can see. Now, when people start behaving like this, you know, see, this was an action of man until today, it's still, it's still men's action till date. But let's look at the old times. Let's look at what God now did. He said that when God saw them do this, He said God gave them up to what? in the loss of their hearts, to disarm their body amongst themselves. Pastor, wait. So it was God that was making them do what was unclean. They were living based on what they could see and their senses. So God gave them over to uncleanness, to loss, to disarm their own body among themselves. Is that what God did? 25, please. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie? And worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed for her by For this reason, God gave them up again. God gave them up again to vile passions, for even their women exchange the natural use of for what is against nature. You know what that means now. Let's bear 27. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the women bound in their lust for one another, men with men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their errors which was due. So wait, wait. So God made them do homosexualism, God made them become gay, and God is still punishing them. It says that that receiving for, in themselves the penalty of, of their errors which was due. Is that what God did? We're going to see shortly. 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their, in their knowledge. see now, retain God in their knowledge. At the beginning i like am talking about ungodliness and righteousness god gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting now on now i i i was counseling a guy one time like that that was having issues with um homosexualism he was having issues with being a gay and he told me that he said pastor this thing is in the bible now that is god that made him like that he told me that and this is what this is what they use There are some people that God created like that and they are homosexuals and they are gays and all of that. Oh, wow. Now, first, the Bible says that because they did not retain God in their thoughts, in their knowledge. Now, let me say this to us. Even as believers, the moment you don't retain God in your knowledge, you are opened up to anything. The moment God is not at the center of your life, you are opened up to the attack of the devil. The devil can use you Manipulate you. Do things with your life. That's first. Number two. In verse 24, we saw it written. In verse 24. Let's go there. Verse 24 says that God gave them up. God gave them up. The word gave them up. 26 again. 26. For this reason, God gave them up. God gave them up. 24. 26, God gave them, 28 now, 28. And because it didn't, it didn't in, their, in their knowledge, God gave them over. So, God gave them up, God gave them up, God gave them over. Three of them, three of them mean the same word in, in the Greek. From the Greek word, para Now, didomi is to give. If I give you now, like I didomi you. Now, if it's para didomi, now, look at the word para. I didn't say para from you. If I say that, somebody is a military man. If I say that someone is a paramilitary man, what does it mean? Eh? Like military, that's that's close, but no, not exact. I say, for example, now, a soldier is a military man, right? Talk to me now. A civil defense corps, is he a military man? They call him paramilitary. Why? Eh? Wife, talk to me, please. They're not fully military. They are not the main military people. They are just involved. Do you get it now? So, the word and God gave them over is not and God gave gift of gays to them. Gift of homosexuality to them. that, Or God made them to start doing Evil things, no, the world and God gave them over. It is God was involved in the entire thing, but God was not the architect. A military man is the main guy that fights paramilitary people, they support the military people. Am I right? So, in this case, God was not acting, he was not acting, or he was not directly acting. It's as good as God left them, God just left them. What do you want to do? Go and do it. Just left them. The word paradidomi also means to surrender. You surrender them. You leave them. So God did not make anybody a sinner. God didn't make anybody a gay. God didn't make anybody homosexual. God didn't make anybody a liar. God didn't make anybody a thief. God can look at you and be watching you. What did God do in the case of Adam and Eve when they were going to eat of the of? of 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 the fruit in the tree god understood or god has given man the majesty of a free will the majesty of a free will what you want to do do Go there. so god was not responsible for their actions but god allowed them to fulfill the height of their desires if i think the word, the better word is to allow Let's repeat this together everybody want to go Wait wait sister Mary, please lead us everybody want to go everybody now everybody everybody want to go and the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with men forever for is indeed flesh yet his day shall be 100 years now he said, my spirit shall not always strive with men forever so God is not going to force anyone to do anything anymore. God will not do that anymore. Said it here. So God didn't make anybody Boko yeah, that is his That is his destiny. There's nothing like that. It is men's choice and God's action. Because man isn't a robot, man is a free moral agent, and he has a majesty of a free will. So God gave us choices. And with the choices, he also gave consequences. Say with me, say, God God gave us choices and also gave us what? Consequences with our choices. Just as he says in Deuteronomy 30 verse 15. Deuteronomy 30 verse 15. Now, let's see this. I have said before you what? I have said before you today, life and death... Life and good, death and evil. All right, verse 16. In that, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments, His status, His judgment, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord will bless you in the day which you go to process. Now, verse 17. But if you are out on way so that you do not hear, and are drawn away, and worship other gods, and serve them. Verse 18. I announce to you today that you shall surely perish, you shall not prolong your days in the land which is across over to Jordan to win and possess. Verse nineteen: I call heaven and earth as a witness to you against you, and I have said before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and Selah may live. Verse twenty: And that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to you to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to give them. Was God going to force anybody here? Eh? Was he going to force anybody here? What did he do? Give them choices. And then with the choices, there are consequences. With the choices, there are consequences. Hallelujah. Now go back to Romans chapter 1, verse, verse 28. Alright. And even as they did not like to retain God in their, in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind and to those and to do those things which are not fitting. Verse 29. Being filled with what? Did God feed them with this? Eh? Sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murderer, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers. Verse 30. Backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventing of evil things, so be not deparent. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those sins who punish them are deserving of death, not only do the same, but approve of those who practice them. Now, now, all of these can be traced back to the fact that men refuse to retain God in their thoughts. God's wrath was revealed from heaven. Against all unrighteousness and godliness that's Romans 1 verse 18. How? How? God gave them over, God watched them, see them do what they have to do. Say with me once again, I retain God in my thoughts, I retain God in my decisions, I retain God in my actions. In the name of Jesus, can you say it three times? One, two, three, go. Thank God in my thoughts. I retain God in my decisions. I retain God in my actions. One more time for the last time. I retain God in my thoughts. I retain God in my decisions. I retain God in my actions. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How does a believer live? We live by faith. And not. By what? I see, I, see, the believer lives by faith. We don't live by sight. We don't live by what we see. We don't live by what we see. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 We don't live by what we see We walk by faith And not by sight Psalms 14 verse 1 please He says The fool Has said in his heart There is no what? Psalms fifty three verse 1 The fool Has said in his heart There is no God So what happened after saying that in his heart? They are what corrupt and have done abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. Let me let me say a little on this. The fool says in his heart that there is no God. Can I say there's no palaku? Cool? There is no palaku. Cool. Can I say that? Why? Because there's no palaku. Cool. I can't say there is no palaku. Cool. I can say there is no money. I can say money does not exist. Why? Because money exists. I can say sickness does not exist because sickness exists. But I cannot say Palaku doesn't exist. In the first place, I can't even think of Palaku because it doesn't exist. The reason why men say that there is no God is because God exists. In fact, God exists more in their hearts. Their God is not there is no God. That's their God. That's the God that they say. It's a denier. Of the truth I can't say I can't start talking about two thousand notes now because it doesn't exist. I cannot fight against five thousand notes, it doesn't exist, but I can start contenting with one thousand notes because it, it exists. The reason for a counterfeit is because it's an original. If there are no counterfeit, nobody will talk about an original. Or rather, if there were no originals, no one would talk about the counterfeit. You see, your God, please look at listen to this. Your God is the one that you put in your heart the most. So when men say that there's no God, that's what they put in their heart the most. They're denying the personality of God that they know exists. Luke 12, verse 16. Sing with me again, God is my thoughts. Luke 12, 16. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a rich, certain rich man yielded plentiful, verse 17, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? Verse 18. So he said, I will do this, I will pull down my barns and build greater. And therefore, I will store all my crops and my good. Verse 20. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods later on for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20. But God said to him, Fool! Why? There is no God in his thoughts. Who is a fool? The man that has no God in his thoughts, in his actions in his decision. Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? Full, your soul will be required of thee. Verse 21. 21. So is he who lay up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Say with me, say, I have God in my thoughts. Say, I have God in my thoughts. I have God in my actions. I have God in my decisions. In the name of Jesus. So when we worship, what do we do? Our worship is God in our thoughts. That's why those words are carefully chosen. Our worship is God in our thoughts. We sing songs like this. It's my worship. Take joy in it. Make it your dwelling place. I want to put a smile on your face. I present my... Life to you. I present my life to you. And the chorus says, He's my worship. Smile. He's my life, Lord. Smile. The believer is always thinking about God. You have to walk, you're thinking about God. And I have God in my thoughts. You don't know what just say, I love you, Jesus. us sing this song together can you just form around the keys just that's the keyboard when the music fades and all is strip away and i simply come it's not about the musical it's about god in your heart longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within to so the way things happen you're looking into my heart. So what do you so about our song? We say. I'm coming back to the heart of worship Where it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it, But it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus We say it's all about you. It's all about you. We know it's all about you, Jesus. Yes, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the high of worship when it's all about you it's all about you yes I'm sorry Lord for the things I've made it's all about you it's all about you when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come. It's not about the music. You see, when you're singing the music, put God in your heart. Longing just to bring... The worship is not for you it's for God. Something that's of worth that will bless your heart. You're blessing is heart. You're blessing the heart of God. I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required. you search much deeper within through the way things have been you looking into my heart we say i'm coming back to the heart of washing where it's all about you and it's all about you jesus i'm sorry lord for the faith. I've made it And it's all about you And it's all about you I'm coming back Oh, I'm coming back to the land of worship And it's all about you It's all about you I'm sorry, Lord For the things I've made When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. We sit together, it's all about you, it's all about you, it's all about you love, it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus, it's all about you, Jesus, it's all about you, about you, you it's all about you love it's, it's all about you it's all about you it's all about you love it's all about you Jesus somebody already in the mood just thinking about God those worshiping God it's all about you it's all about you all about no 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 no, no. please let, let, let me close it up let, let, let me say this once abraham was called the father of faith before before abraham came to believe god no before abraham ever heard from god abraham's father now this story is not in the bible there are other books that were written that are, they are not in the bible but other disciples even wrote, oh, wrote books but they are not in the bible but this, this is a Jewish story that found its root in the bible and the bible supports this we learned that Abraham's father was an idol not just worshipper, was an idol maker terror. he was he makes idols, people come to buy the idols and then when he's, when he's gone out of the house the children would have to sell the idols on his behalf to make some money, so family can eat Some people walked in one day and Abraham asked them, Abraham asked them, what do you want? He said, I want to buy idols. He laughed. He said, what do you want to buy? My father designed it. "This, This thing is not, this cannot be a god. My father carved these things, made them. So Abraham became a bad business for his father. One day his father was gone out of the house and then they had they had had the storeroom I don't know how the storeroom looked like but in those days had a storeroom several idols in the storeroom and Abraham took a machete destroyed all the idols one by one 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 and then there is a very big one left the big one then put the cutlass or the machete in the hand of the big one the father got back what happened here Business is gone. What is the all of Daddy, why are you complaining? He said, can't you see one is standing? What does that mean? That one must have killed the other ones. He said, no. Idols cannot kill idols. If idols can't kill idols, idols cannot kill men. And God looked at his heart. God said to himself, this man has me in his heart. Even though he does not know me. He knows that there is a God somewhere. He knows that with a with the visible act of God, there is an invisible being somewhere called God. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter verse one, and God had told Abraham. That means that that means that God has been saying in His heart before he even He had God. Say God had told Abraham, He said it to Him, even before 2 verse one. And God had said to Abraham, "Leave this house to a land where I will show you." I will I will thank God in my heart. I will thank God in my thoughts. I will thank God in my vision, I will thank God in my action. In the name of Jesus, it's all about you. I me stand to our feet. It's all about you. It's all about you. When the music fades, when the music fades, and all is stripped away, and I simply come. Longing just to bring you should know it by now something that's of just follow the train that will bless your heart. It's more than a song, though. It's more than a song. Yes, I will bring you more than it's my lifestyle, it's it's you in my heart for a song in this is not what you have for You search more within, you search much deeper within. Through the waiting. I've You're looking into my eyes Oh, I'm back Lord I'm coming back to the Eye of worship Yes It's all about you It's all about you Ready, can you me? You're coming Lord For the thing I've made It's all about you It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about, it's all about you. you. I'm coming back. I'm coming, I'm coming. It's I'm coming back. You. It's all about you. It's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. For the things i made. It's all about.